Phil, that was uh, Dr. Arthur Kleiman at Harvard. Uh, uh, and that was when you did solo. I was uh, uh, out of sorts or uh, somewhere, and uh, <laughs> uh, we couldn't team up on that one. So uh, You were sorely uh, missed. I heard you did a brilliant job. And uh, Where did you hear me. that? Well, I, I heard it was uh, an intuitive insight, <laughs> and, uh, but I'm sure it's accurate, and uh, I'll get support for that. Uh, but in any event, uh, this guy, I'm, I've been reading about him. Uh, uh, he's a physician and anthropologist. He went to Stanford University and Stanford Medical School, master's degree in social anthropology from Harvard, a lot of schooling, trained in psychiatry at Massachusetts General Hospital. Uh, He's yep. a leading figure in several fields, including medical anthropology, cultural psychiatry, global health, social medicine. I mean, medical humanities, a China scholar yep. since 1978. Uh, he has conducted research in China and Taiwan from 69 to 78. I mean, this guy is uh, truly a renaissance uh, gentleman. Another success story from my neighborhood in Brooklyn. Really? Where <laughs> yeah. did he go to high school, do you know? <laughs> Uh, I forget, but not the same one I went. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll give you all credit for this, but it is amazing how many folks we uh, have encountered from Brooklyn. I know. I have not on, only gone on to scholarly lives, but uh, scholarly spiritual lives. And, and I'm going to also guess that not all, but most were also Jewish. So it was... Uh, what was in the water? What was in I know. the Well, in that generation, that's true, if you, especially if you look at show business um, as well. Some of our great comedians and writers, and uh, it's all that was very true. And now in subsequent generations, Brooklyn produced great people, uh, highly accomplished people of other ethnicities, you know. So, you know, it's been one of those places. It's, I don't know how to, um, uh, to what well, to, to attribute I'm, I'm, it. I'm from right across the river in New Jersey, Jersey City, that area. and uh, also Well, you had Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra <laughs> and others, the Four Seasons, you know, uh, Bon Jovi, Bruce Springsteen, yeah. you know, we could go, that's, they, they all came a little later, though. Yeah. But it, it wasn't really, a, Brooklyn was a melting pot. And, uh, uh, you know, the other thing that I think helped that area, I don't know how many people went to City College in New York, but CCSI. Yes. yes. Friend Cy, Cy Migdal went there. I did, uh, too. And, and it was, it was what, $50, $100 a semester to yeah, go to school? It was, it's, it, actually, uh, this wouldn't apply to Dr. Kleinman, but the City University of New York campuses, there are several schools. That's one of the great success stories about uh, public funding. And, mm -hmm. and public investment in things like education. It provided higher education for generations of immigrant children growing up uh, who would not have been able to afford tuition any, anywhere. It, it, it was a remarkable uh, yeah, success I, I, Even across the river in New Jersey, my father went to State New Jersey City State College. I think it was $25 a semester. He could have never gone to college if it was $1,000 right. a year. Right. But in any event, um, what, 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 tell us uh, his latest book, again, the title. The Soul of Care, um, which is um, was sent to us by uh, the um, publicists at uh, Penguin Random House, 
Um, and um, I'm, I'm really glad that I responded to it because um, on the surface, um, Dr. Kleiman would not, you know, he's not, he's very different from a lot of the people we have who are dedicated to uh, spiritual teaching in one kind or another or associated with a spiritual tradition. Um, he is primary, you know, he's a physician, a psychiatrist, and an anthropologist uh, specializing in, in medical uh, phenomena, and uh, with quite a, an established uh, reputation in academia and in uh, medical circles um, as an educator. And, um, but it's a story of transformation. And I guess that's why they thought it might be appropriate for Spirit Matters. It's, it's, it's two things. It's a story of personal transformation that he underwent um, spending 10 years as the primary caregiver to his wife who had early onset Alzheimer's. And we should mention at the time, Dr. Arthur Kleiman was an, uh, a Harvard psychiatrist and social anthropologist. Right. And he was forced in a situation where he was caring for his wife, and then and then, and then uh, that really uh, opened his eyes uh, yeah. to, to to the value of caring. And what what could and, be? But the other part, it, it's part anthrop, it's part memoir and mm -hmm. story of his own transformation, uh, and it's in a sense a manifesto of. Of, to the medical community um, about the importance of hands-on, person-to-person caring. Um, you, you know, in this age of technological medicine and high-tech and, you know, impersonal care, um, the value of that has been degraded. And so he's calling for change in education of, of yeah. people in the medical field and, and all kinds of things. But the story, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say one of the tragedies of, I don't want to call it the evolution of, of society, but as society modernizes or whatever, is the youth and the, uh, it becomes a, a, a youth culture. Young children and uh, older people are, are t tend to not uh, fit into the, uh, uh, the 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 activities and the focus of society, and uh, and I, I just want to read this one thing. When I was reading about the book, uh, uh, he he says that caregiving is a long, hard, unglamorous work, at moments joyous, more often tedious, sometimes agonizing, but it is always rich in meaning. And yes. this is the connection to spirituality, as I see it. Yes, and um, he explicitly says in our uh, you know interview that you know, he's not, uh, from what I could tell, you know, in any way a conventionally religious person, and and not the kind of uh, person who we've had on many times who underwent a conscious spiritual search, and 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 I found that intriguing because I think there's many many people who open up to the fact that there's something bigger than us, something beyond our ego, something right. we're connected with, something of a higher moral and uh, ethical calling than our normal, uh, the, th the, the things that normally occupy our minds. And that sense of connection to something 
bigger. He said he feels, you know, that that was uh, connecting to what we might call spiritual. Um, and and I, I see that as a terribly important thing. And what made me think of because of my frame of reference is how many people are just secular people, have nothing to do with religion, are not consciously on a spiritual path, but they're deep, they're deeply compassionate and loving people. And especially when they're called to service, find a, a connection to something bigger than themselves that may be mm -hmm. very mysterious for which they may not have uh, the, any language or words or conceptual framework. But those, some of those people, are, by my standards, are f far more deeply spiritual than many people you run into in, in you know, religious and spiritual circles. And I thought it was important to call attention to that in this I, context. I think it's well put, Phil, the way you described it. Because I, I think some people go out and they seek uh, spirituality and may or may not come upon it or find different expressions of it. Other people, life circumstances sort of thrust it upon them. They might not even realizing, uh, not 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 uh, describing it as uh, a, a spiritual experience or a discovered discovery of spirituality, but in fact, uh, the circumstances bring out the depth of spirituality in them. Yes, and I think that's uh, uh, an important distinction uh, uh, to make. And and like you said, there are plenty of people that you know talk the spiritual talk and uh, maybe not so spiritual and or then in the like, sense of not not expressing you know what we would think of as spiritual values in their lives necessarily and, and, and to and, me the ultimate spiritual value is compassion giving uh that end of things so yeah it's it's the you know walking the talk part of spirituality and obviously not everybody is called to service I mean, mm -hmm. it put me in mind of everything written in the yogic texts about karma yoga and why service is always such an important part of every spiritual tradition. They all call for people to, you know, at the very least, you know, uh, give to charity and, and further than that to devote time to serving the needy. Uh, or to serving a worthy cause. And there's something about that, about putting your ego aside. And sometimes you're just called to do it because of a crisis or an emergency. But other people do it consciously. They want to do some good in the world and they find it to be tremendously satisfying. You and know, it, it brings up a question for me I'm gonna ask you. And that is uh, our generation, I'm 70, uh, uh, there was a big emphasis on doing that sort of thing, you know, join, joining the Peace Corps, for instance. Yeah, yeah. A lot of yeah. people felt, that, you know, that that was really out there. Now, you don't hear about it so much. There's still a Peace Corps, there's still people joining it, but there's not as much emphasis. And one possibility is students are so deeply in debt by the time they finish school, they can't consider anything like that. Well, there was but another thing, too. I think, I think when we were young, that, sense of we want to change the world was there and let's let's also not to be cynical but i a lot of people joined the peace corps back then because you got out of the draft to do it and did you, did you feel it yeah 
and 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 that was a, a you know a big incentive let's let's right. be real right. it was vietnam or do some good in the world and right. many people did it that way and i know there's still uh, opportunities to serve uh, but in those days when there was a draft for men at least for young men uh, serving was a you know an alternative to that and it would be made you know a lot of people talking about making a, a year or two of service for you know young people mandatory um, and it's, it's something to consider dr I, Kleinman, I, I, I think as a school teacher as a parent yeah uh, as a grandparent as an uncle as an aunt uh the emphasis uh, the kids should hear more about that and then yeah in medical context, you know, I had, one of the last questions I asked Dr. Kleiman was what he would prescribe uh, to bring that spirit of care. Uh, you know, it was no accident that his um, book is called The Soul of Care. It, it, it brings out that, you know, there's a spiritual dimension to this. And um, I asked him, so he had a, a, a few points uh, so I would encourage you know people listening to pay attention to those three points, and one of them was that young uh, people being trained to be physicians, they should be graded, you know, in their with on their capacity to offer care to people in that you know deep personal way, the same way they are evaluated you know, on tests of, uh, you know, what, how they understand uh, anatomy or pathology or something. I, I think that's really important because, yeah. uh, you know, to go into medicine, uh, uh, one, one needs to have a very deep sense of service and to, to be very effective at it. By the way, um, for those that enjoy this interview, uh, and I'm sure you will because Phil was at his best, I'm told. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't there, you know, so good. Uh, uh, yeah, Larry Brilliant, Dr. Larry yes, Brilliant. Yes, yes. Uh, similar, similar uh, as you describe your interview with Arthur Kleiman, as I look at the book, it reminds me a lot of the same uh, points that uh, Dr. Larry Brilliant, also a medical yes. doctor, brought out. So Very good. All right. Well, Phil. All right. Great job without me. Yes, we, and, we, we carried on in your absence, Dennis. Yeah, but I'm waiting to get the emails that say, hey, can we do more of those without Dennis? <laughs> a little concerned about that. Uh, so anyway, All right. what do you, that happens. All right. Over Until next out. time. Bye.